Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, good afternoon. It's Open Forum Wednesday here on Listen Up. Grant Napier with you. Hope that uh, everything is going well. You know the routine on Open Forum Wednesday, we can go in whatever direction you want. You hit your hand icon, you raise your hand, and we will put you right up on stage. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I I can't wait for uh, the start of NFL training camps, not because I like watching preseason football, but because we know that the uh, NFL will be right around the corner. I am so bored uh, with baseball. Uh, I just can't get through a couple of innings. The All-Star game, of course, is coming up next week. Uh, it's been pushed back because of the lockout, and normally the All-Star game would be in the books right now, but uh, that is not the case. But uh, for me, give me some football. Give me some NFL football, college football, but uh, I'm an NFL junkie. Certainly cannot wait uh, for that to begin. And even though I'm a Giants fan, and I don't expect them to be very good again, uh, the NFL is still king in this country, and I, for one, cannot wait. Uh, to watch the National Football League. The uh, Open Championship begins in the morning at uh, Fane St. Andrews. You talk about a uh, an incredible, uh, just to be in St. Andrews is uh, magical. Uh, it is a absolutely magical town. It's one of the great places I've ever been. Uh, the setting of the old course, and really the new course, but the old course, uh, which they've been playing golf for over 700 years, the host of the 150th Open Championship uh, round one tomorrow. So uh, I will certainly be watching that. Just uh, love uh, St. Andrews. That, you know, the, the, the course is not the greatest course in the world. It's really not. The first hole is unbelievable. This, the road hole is amazing. Uh, and then obviously the uh, famed uh, 18th is incredible uh, as well. All right, the 150th Open Championship tomorrow. And, you know, you talk about the history of golf and you talk about uh, St. Andrews. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that, right? It doesn't get any better than that. When you think about the road hole, when you think about the uh, 18th, I mean, it's pretty amazing just to be, you know, I, I, for me to be there a couple of years ago was uh, one of the great highlights of my uh, life. And I really mean that, you know, to think that they've been playing golf there for 700 plus years. I mean, it is amazing. It is absolutely incredible to be there. And the buildings, 
in St. Andrews. <laughs> it's uh, it, the history of that particular region of the world. Uh, it's pretty amazing. You know that 14 golf courses have hosted the Open Championship. This will be the 30th time, 30th, that the Open Championship is being played at St. Andrews. How about that for you? How about that? 30. The 30th time that they're going to be teeing it up in St. Andrews. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. So if you're in the golf, you got that going on starting tomorrow. Uh, if you like NBA Summer League, uh, the Kings are getting ready to go against OKC. You have college football right around the corner, NFL training camps right around the corner, and uh, anything else that's going on, we can talk about. Open Forum Wednesday, you know, I just love the fact how the media in this country will cover a story based on their own particular agenda. It, it is just amazing to me. I mean, a LeBron James tweet about Brittany Griner and then his backtracking has been completely ignored by the mainstream media. It completely ignored. Completely. You know, it, it's just, just amazing. It really is. It's like your political affiliation now depends on what you will or will not cover in the media. It's, it's amazing to me. It really is. You know, it doesn't matter what's right or wrong anymore. It's about what your own agenda is. Your own agenda. You know, Dan Dockage, who is based out of Indianapolis, former player assist, former player, former assistant coach, former interim head coach for the uh, Indiana Hoosiers, pretty pretty popular uh, in that area. All right. Pretty popular in that area of the country. I'm not saying he's not popular elsewhere, but he's very popular in Indianapolis. Uh, he's got a local radio show. He does work for Outkick. And you know, he's not afraid to call it the way it is. You know? And he was very hard on uh, LeBron James, called him the uh, dumbest smart person in America for his tweeting on Brittany Griner and then his backtracking. Can't really fault that, can you? I can't fault that. I really can't. So, again, if you want to uh, come on and talk about anything, it is my open forum Wednesday. And all you got to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and I will be... Lost you there for a second. I will be very happy uh, to put you up on stage with me. All right. So we got a lot to talk about. And again, if you want to go in a different direction today, uh, we can certainly do it. The LeBron James, you know, I did a rant on this uh, on the audio portion of my rant this morning, you know, about the hypocrisy of this man, uh, the double standard of this man, uh, the fact that, you know, it was only a month ago, right, that. LeBron James, okay, was silent, silent about the murder 
of a 17-year-old student in the parking lot of his high school, okay? Silent. He put out one tweet, all right? One tweet upon the news of the tragedy in the parking lot, all right? And it was a sympathetic tweet towards the family. When the family asked for help in finding the suspects, LeBron James was silent, okay? Here's somebody with over 50 million followers on Twitter, silent. A murder that happened in the parking lot of the high school that he founded, silence, okay? Silence, nothing, absolutely nothing. A 17-year-old white student, three African-American suspects subsequently were arrested. Nothing from LeBron James, nothing. Absolutely complete silence, silence. And the mainstream media barely covered the story. You and I both know what would have happened if that had been a 17 year old black student and the suspects that were arrested were three white people. You and I both know, okay? You and I both know exactly what the narrative would be. No denying it, correct? No denying it, period. And LeBron James was completely, okay, completely silent. And I'm not saying that it's his job to solve the crime. It's not his job. But you would think that LeBron James, Mr. Ohio, Mr. Akron, Ohio, when you have a tragedy of this magnitude in the parking lot of the high school that he founded, would have something to say, nothing, complete silence. But here is LeBron James once again, putting out something on social media. The first comments were not on social media. It was for a show that he's got coming on. Then followed it up with a tweet saying, gee, that's not what I meant. You know, I didn't mean any disrespect to America and blah, blah, blah. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And yet nobody in the mainstream media, and I mean nobody, wants to talk about it. They're too afraid. Too afraid. They just stay away from it. Don't want anything to do with it. Welcome to America. Woke America. Agenda America. If it doesn't fit with your narrative and you're in the media, you're not going to talk about it. If you're a liberal... And in this particular story with LeBron James being quiet over the murder of a young white student by three, allegedly by three black students, black assailants who were arrested, again, innocent until proven guilty, silence. You see that talked about it all on ESPN? Silence. Nothing. Right? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Zero. When LeBron James 
on social media, all right, came out and attacked, okay, attacked the police officer who shot and killed 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant, okay, put out a tweet, you're next to the police officer. Of course, he deleted the tweet after that. But basically, let's just call it the way it was. He inciting he was inciting violence against the cop for his actions of, in all likelihood, saving an innocent life. Nothing from Twitter. Nothing. Did he get his account suspended? Nope. Did the NBA come out and say anything? Nope. Did you see it is covered on the news? No, right? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's a joke. The way this country handles covering news now is disgraceful. It's an absolute outrage. Disgraceful. Let's get to some phone calls. We started off with Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing good, Grant. How about you? Good, buddy. Well, you know, you're a victim of that, you know, damn, you know, we'll just go along with whatever the program is and whatever's going on in the society, the BLM thing. I mean, if uh, Stephen A would have said all lives matter, you think he would have been uh, something would have happened to him? Hell no. You know what I'm Not saying? only that. Not only that, but there has been one member of the Sacramento media that has asked Matt Barnes or Chris Weber what did they mean by their tweets. There hasn't been one person in the Sacramento media that has gone up to the president of the Sacramento Kings uh, or the past president of the Sacramento Kings, both of whom still employed, and asked, hey, did uh, Chris Weber ever tell you or anyone else in the Kings that Grant uh, is racist? Okay. Has that been asked? Nope. Anybody ask Matt Barnes, hey, what did you mean by calling Grant Napier a closet racist? Did anybody ask Matt Barnes that? Nope. Hey, Matt, why were you on Grant's radio show every week? Why did you play in Grant's golf tournament? Why did you spend over $7,000 at his auction to help out his students if he's a closet racist, as you point out? Has anybody in the Sacramento media asked those questions? No. You know why? Because it doesn't fit their narrative. That's why. Double, and that's the country double. that we're living in today. Double, double friggin' standards. Anyway, it's wrong. And look, and look at Twitter. I mean, they've got this bounty on where the Supreme Court justice is. Uh, they'll Venmo you fifty bucks if you tell where a guy's eating out, and if they show up and they're still there, you get another two hundred dollars within thirty minutes. And Twitter. I didn't even see that. that. Yeah, that's you Google it, and that's why uh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh was at Morton's. And he had to get uh, escorted out the back door because somebody uh, notified these people he was there. And then they all came running down there to uh, this just happened last week and uh, they haven't taken it down yet. Yeah, but if it was somebody else and I'm not going to mention any races would have put that on there. Do you think that'd be on Twitter? Hell no. Wow. You know, wow. Yeah. they'll Venmo you uh, 250 bucks total. 
if you uh, so if you're a worker and Morton's came out and totally apologized. So basically, they're trying to bait the uh, the waitresses and hostesses of anybody showing up to in any patrons, and 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 then they alert these weirdos to show up and uh, basically yep. create harassment. But anyway, that's not why. Well, I'm called, but I, well, I well I'm gonna I'm gonna add one more stuff because I did talk about Dan Dockage and I had someone just hit me up on Twitter, so I want to read his exact quote. Dan Dockage said this about LeBron James and the murder that occurred in the parking lot of his high school. I'm going to read two excerpts, okay? okay. Uh, first of all, he came out, and and if anybody disagrees with this, you know, hit me up, and we'll talk about it on this open forum Wednesday, all right? Dan said that the white media is scared to death to cover this story. Three black kids killed. Wait a minute. Three black kids killed not injured, killed a white kid outside of the school owned by one of the biggest stars in the world. This is Dan Dockage's quote. Quote, we all know the reason LeBron James isn't speaking is because it was a white kid killed by three black kids. Huh. Anybody that doesn't think that doesn't understand the world that we live in. I understand the world that we live in, and I know I'm absolutely right. End of quote. Now, I'm going to just add this, okay? We don't know for sure, okay, if the three black kids, as Dan Dockage uh, wrote, killed the white kid. This is right. not. This is a crime that has is going through the uh, judicial system. And again, I do believe in innocent until proven guilty. But when right. he says, "I understand," when he says, "I understand the world that we live in," and I know I'm absolutely right, Dan Dockage is 100% correct. He's absolutely yeah. right, and yet. Yet the mainstream media will not touch that story at all. Yeah, you're right. Well, hey, so anyway, real quick, uh, two other things. I really, I got a huge subject to talk about, but before that, <laughs> what about the Steelers renaming Heinz Field some insurance thing? I mean, you know, I got the sleep train from Arco Arena, then the Golden One. Uh, what's your take on all these weird names after stadiums? You know, my take is, my t honestly, I have a different take than you. My take's going to surprise you. What the hell difference does it make? Who the hell cares what the uh, stadium is called, right? Do you go to a football game and, you know, or you go to a sporting event and uh, it changes your enjoyment of rooting for the team because of the name on the outside of the building? I don't give a damn what the hell the buildings are called. Uh, I mean, okay. I, what difference does it make? I mean, it, really, who the hell cares? Like, when you really get right down to it, do you follow a team based on the name of the arena or the name of no, the building? I don't give no. a damn what the hell the building's called. You're you're right, but the main reason I called, goddammit, is yesterday you got me fired up with the 49er Giants. Jesus. 2012, let's talk about god dang uh, Harbaugh getting out coached by Coughlin that, you know, uh, that tight game. Do you do you remember the game? The, the, the yeah, of course. Game? Jesus, Were of course you there? I remember it. Were you there? Uh, no, I was not there. I was not there. I was on the road so, uh, so, with the Kings. So, so basically, you remember it was really bad weather, and uh, uh, and it came down to turnovers. And you know the Giants yeah, Kyle Williams. Turn, yeah, the turn the Giants didn't turn the ball over one damn time that game. The the and the, the and the Giants forced four fumbles. Two, of course, two they didn't recover, 
but two on Kyle Williams, who couldn't put a fair catch up, uh, fair catch for, I mean, I'm screaming at the thing. Yeah. What are you doing? Fair catch because Coughlin, I mean, the New York Giants guy, fair caught the ball every damn time. Every time. Here's one for you. Here's one for you. In the Giants' two Super Bowl wins when Eli Manning was the quarterback, in all of their playoff games, they only had one turnover, and it was a ball that went off Steve Smith's uh, chest uh, and was intercepted by Tampa Bay. It's the only turnover that the Giants had in both their Super Bowl runs. And again, it was not even really a turnover. It was a ball that should have been caught. That's why the Giants won both games, or both Super Bowls. Unbelievable. I mean, uh, Coughlin, it's a simple thing. What a simple thing to coach your guy up to just fair. I mean, what the hell was he going to gain in that mud? Three, four yards. I mean, yeah, I know. he got nailed three yards into his return. Two yards in, he got nailed and the ball came out. Yep. I mean, after the first after the first fumble, you tell him to fair catch it or you put somebody out there, you put a receiver, another receiver out there with better hands or something, Court, you know, the guy's rattled. Yeah. Ball totally blew it. So then, the, so then the Giants go on to win the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and that's I believe that's the game when what Manning, um, what's what was the receiver? Was yeah, that the Mario Manningham. I, I was I Mario Manningham in the fourth quarter uh, along the uh, left sideline. I was at that game. I was at that uh, game in Indianapolis with my uh, two sons uh, for the Super Bowl, but. Uh, that, again, was one of the great uh, throws and great catches. The throw by Eli Manning, I mean, it was one of the great, really, one of the great passes uh, in the history of the Super Bowl. I mean, it was amazing. And Manning had made a great catch, and uh, that was the biggest play of that Super Bowl. Right, right, right. So that's what I wanted to get to. Of course, I remember Montana getting getting stuffed and hit, getting his ribs hurt. But that game really just terrorized me. I mean, we were having a big big old uh, all my girls every we were all in our uniforms and i never screamed so much at the television i mean i when the ball was in the air i'm yelling fair catch fair catch and what are you yep. i mean if you know i know hey listen I, I yeah i'm with you i mean if you're a 49ers you know, fan you know, uh, you know the guy's gonna fumble it <laughs> jeff have a good one bud good hearing from you right. take care bye-bye see you with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. Why don't we uh, check in with uh, Jerry here on Listen Up. Jerry, welcome to the show on this Wednesday. How are you? Oh, fine, Grant. How are you, sir? Good, buddy. What's up? 
will you please tell Jeff to start bringing up bad memories, please? Please, please, please. Hey. I had a big, I, I'll tell you, that, just, to, just to recap, the Giants and the 49ers right. have had some amazing uh, playoff games but that have gone both ways. I mean, I'll never forget the, the game where Jeff Garcia was the quarterback and the uh, Giants had a huge lead and the 49ers ended up winning the game and the Giants had a field goal opportunity at the end of the game and the officials made the wrong call and it should have been first and goal for the Giants uh, and they didn't make the call. So, you know, again, you can go back and forth. But anyway, go ahead. What can we do for you, buddy? Grant, I want to ask you uh, about LeBron. I'm just so sick and tired of this guy. You know, just keep your mouth shut and just go play basketball. Nobody needs to hear you, all right? You know what? Oh, I mean, I mean, the guy just, you know, just gets on my nerves, Grant. Well, he's selective with his noise. As Mitch Album said, you know, you cannot be selective with your noise, not against hate. LeBron James is selective with his noise when it comes to hate, okay? Uh, and the incident that happened in the parking lot of his high school is a perfect example, all right? Because it was a, because the victim was white, LeBron James elects to remain quiet. We all know that if the victim had been black, and the uh, suspects were white, that it would have been probably uh, would have uh, started protest and unfortunately some riots in certain parts of this country. LeBron would have been at the forefront. Uh, there would have been T-shirts on all of the players uh, in NBA playoffs, summer league, you know, with the victim's face and name on their T-shirts. But because the victim was white, it's almost like it didn't happen. And that's what's wrong in this country. You cannot be selective with your noise, not against hate. LeBron is a hypocrite. He is a, a complete definition of double standards. And he is, in my opinion, a disgrace. He's an absolute disgrace. And as somebody that has admired him as a basketball player, and I still admire him for his talents on the court, as a person in this country with the power that he has, and his 50-plus million Twitter followers, he is an absolute disgrace. Grant, I could not have said it any better, my friend. You know, you have a great show today. Uh, Thank you. Take him on call. Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. The, the reality is all lives matter, every single one. And a white, a 17-year-old white kid who is murdered in a parking lot, his life matters as if that had been a black kid a Hispanic kid, an Asian kid. Just remember this, folks. All lives matter. Every single one. All lives matter. Every single one. And when you start saying that someone's life doesn't matter based on their ethnicity or their sexuality or their religion, we can go on and on. We have a real problem in society. And that's why we have so many problems in society. All right? That's why we have so many problems in society. And our mainstream media is an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. They cover what they want based on their agenda, based on their political affiliation. And what's right and what's wrong anymore, it doesn't matter. That just goes by the wayside in journalism. All right? It's a, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute joke. Whatever happened to doing what's right, that doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't exist in politics. It doesn't exist in media. It doesn't exist in this country. It's a shame. It really is. It's an absolute shame. Let's move along and get to some other phone calls. 
And uh, if you want to come on, you hit your hand icon, and we'll put you right on like Antonio. Hello, Antonio. Hey, Grant. Can you hear me? Because last time I had a bad I, connection. Yep, I hear you good, Antonio. Grant, I, you know, you're speaking to the choir, man. I've been listening to you for a long time. You know, Jason Whitlock, Clay Travis, those are my guys, man. I listen to them, and it gets the information that I like to hear. Um, but I want to kind of switch gears, Grant, and, and because I, I, I love the history you talk about. I've heard you talk all the stories back in the day when you're on the radio. Tell us about the farm in Inglewood. Did you, when you were doing games, would you ever take a peek in there? Can you, because I was watching Winning Time and I wanted to ask you a, a Chick Hearn story. I don't know if you got a chance to see Winning Time and I want to imply anything about him drinking on the air or nothing like that. I'm just curious about, tell me about those that time. I know you got there 85, 86, somewhere around it. So they already won a couple chips. Uh, tell me about that, what the form was like if you had actually went in there. It was humble. Of course, I was in there. I announced basketball games in there. My first game ever in there was in the fall of 1988. And uh, I remember it for a variety of reasons. I remember it was Chick Hearn coming up to me uh, hours before the game to introduce himself to me and say, hey, it's great to have you here. And if you need anything, just speak up. We'll be happy to help you. Um, but just the energy, uh, the amount of celebrities, uh, you knew that you were walking into a fame building that had uh, the greatest players in the history of the game play in there. You know, the Lakers had won championships. They had Magic. They had Kareem. They had Worthy. They had Cooper. They had Scott. Uh, but, you know, you think about, you know, what it was like when Will Chamberlain would have been playing and Jerry West and, you know, all those great players, Elgin Baylor. You know, as a kid, you know, I remember the 69-70 World Championship very well. I mean, Willis Reed coming out of the tunnel in Game 7 at Madison Square Garden. You know, that was a hell of a series between the King or between the Kings, between the Knicks and the Lakers back uh, when the Knicks won the first championship in 70. And as a kid being in New York, you know, I'll never forget each and every game. But I mean, the history of that building, um, Antonio, uh, it, it really speaks for itself. Uh, it was it was one of the great thrills of my broadcasting career doing games in that building. I also did a hockey game uh, in that building with uh, Wayne Gretzky playing for the L.A. Kings. I was uh, filling in doing Sharks games on TV. And one of the games I did was at the Great Western Forum with Wayne Gretzky playing for the LA Kings. And that was a big thrill in my career as well. Wow. You know, and I was also mentioning too the, that uh, the place where they had party before the game. What's that that Jerry Buss liked to go? You know, they were. Did you get a chance to watch Winning Time yet? Yeah, I've watched some of the episodes. What was it called? The Forum Club? Did you ever go into the Forum yeah, Club? Yeah, I think it was the. Yeah, I did uh, only once, and um, I was only in there for like a minute, so I don't even recollect the Forum Club. I mean, it was really uh, you, you couldn't just get into the Forum Club. I got in by just somebody with the Lakers taking me in there, and, and again, I was in there for one minute. Uh, but that's where the who's who of celebrities would be. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Jack Nicholsons of the world. No, really, the Diane Cannon, Jack Nicholson. I can go on and on. That's where they all were. Was in the Forum Club before the games. Well, hey, Grant, I asked you one more question, and I appreciate your time. You know, you did the Raiders in 2000, I want to say 2006, seven, something like that. Um, yep. What happened there? Do you mind telling? I mean, did you did you piss somebody off? Or because I think you could. No, 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 no. No, I didn't piss anybody off at all. I did the games for five years, and uh -huh. the Raiders, after five years, decided to simulcast the following year. And Greg Papa did both the radio and the TV on a simulcast. So, no, absolutely not. I didn't piss anybody off. I did five years of the Raiders uh, in their preseason. And 
Then they started simulcasting their preseason games for a couple of years. They subsequently stopped simulcasting the games, but for a few years after I did the games, they did great pop. did the games both on radio and TV. That's right. Hey, it, it, you can't get your agent today. I don't know if the Raiders are selling someone. They know uh, the great Brent, Brent Musburger dropped on it. I actually took me a while to buy into him after he got to jackpot, baby. But that took me a while. But and maybe, <laughs> not, maybe, you, maybe, maybe you could get that, man. I'm telling you, man. You, I, I, I know. I think you're more of a Raider. I know you're a Giants, but I think you slight more toward the Raiders a little bit than the 49ers. Am I wrong on that at all? On that assumption? I'll take my yes. answer off the air. You're, you're, okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Good hearing from you. Uh, you are 100% wrong. I don't slight any team in any league, okay, especially uh, the Raiders and the 49ers. So absolutely not. Uh, truth knows it. I have a lot more respect for the 49ers organization than I do the Raiders organization because of uh, the way they run their organization. I shouldn't say a lot more respect. I'll take that back. More respect. But no, I don't wish ill will on the Raiders or the 49ers or vice versa. I don't have a favorite. I don't have a team that I dislike more. Um, uh, So no, no, that would not be the case. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on a busy open forum Wednesday, and we uh, say hello to Ryan. Hey, Ryan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday, Grant. How you doing, man? Yes, sir. Good, good, buddy. What's up? I'm doing well. Hey, um, you know, since it is open forum Wednesday and you open the door to it, I mean, you know what really pisses me off is if Dan would have said those same comments when you made the comment you did, um, you know, he would not have a job at that point. Or, you know, hopefully you still would. But why are we still in the same climate and he's able to say what he said, whether true or not, depending on what side you fall on, that he still has a job? And also, I mean, I guess the question is, how does it make you feel when you see Matt Barnes on NBC Sportsnet with the things that have happened with him? And you see other things that players. I think it's despicable. I think it's despicable. I think it's despicable that with Matt Barnes' arrest record, with Matt Barnes' uh, past, that uh, he is on King's programming. I think it's despicable. Uh, I think it's despicable that Mark Jones is the TV announcer of the Kings. I think that it's despicable that I got fired uh, by KHDK, resigned by the Kings for making a comment of six words, all lives matter, every single one. And Mark Jones, who is the current TV voice of the Kings, uh, has made egregious, ridiculous, vile, racist comments on his Twitter account, and yet he's remaining an announcer at ESPN and the TV voice of the Sacramento Kings. Again, we live in a world and in a country of double standards and hypocrisy. I mean, Mark Jones' social media account is an embarrassment. It would be an embarrassment, in my opinion, to any organization that employs him. And yet he continues to do the same thing on his social media accounts. And no one even says a word. They ignore it. Why do they ignore it? Very simple, because he's a man of color on social media. And he's working for two woke companies, one being ESPN and the other being the Sacramento Kings. So they, they, they ignore it. They don't even bring it up. It's a, non, it's a non-story. I mean, could you imagine, seriously, could you imagine being the voice of a professional franchise and you openly celebrate a player, in this case, Nick Bosa, tearing his ACL 
and you openly celebrate it on social media because he is a conservative and was a Trump supporter. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being the voice of a professional franchise and you put out on, on Twitter a celebratory tweet because somebody tore his ACL and is out for the year. And the reason why you're celebrating that is because of his political affiliation. What the hell is wrong with this country? Seriously. Absolutely not. It's terrible. And I think what, you know, sucks to me is we come to sports and we come together because to a degree, it's a getaway, right? And it, it feels like it's crossed over too much. There is that line. I mean, LeBron, he says what he wants when he wants. You are spot on with your take. If it doesn't fit his narrative, then he is not going to, you know, do what he does. But you hit it head on. It's just really, really frustrating. I don't know where we go from here at this point, um, because those two worlds are now pretty much meshed with social media. Correct. And social media has probably been the worst thing that's ever happened to our civilization in terms of my generation. You're younger than I am. But in my generation, in terms of the impact on a country, I think social media has been a real detriment. Now, there are some good things about social media too, but in terms of Twitter, I mean, when you really analyze Twitter, it has really been a destructive force in this country, in my opinion. The the it, Well, we're talking about sports and politics. That's small potatoes, but look at how destructive it's been for people that are bullied, um, that have committed suicide, that, you know, it, it, it's just not a good spot. And I think, Grant, we're going to see a day where everybody gets back to going back to what I call normal, at least growing up, where you've got the ding, 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 wireless or internet with AOL <laughs> and you're not in chat rooms and you're not sharing memories online, you're actually meeting with people, you're playing sports on the street. Um, I, I think hopefully we get back to that day, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's gonna happen in my lifetime, but um, I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I would like to uh, see that. But you know, again, we talk about the hypocrisy, the double standards. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Um, you know, Mark Jones, who, said this on uh, Twitter back on September of 2020. He put this on his social media account. Saturday at my football game, I'll tell the police officer on duty to protect me. He can just take the day off. I'd rather not have the officer shoot me because he feared for his life because of my black skin or other dumb-ish. I'm not signing my own death certificate 100. How about that? How when did about he, that? Yeah, when did he post that, Grant? Was that after he... Uh, he posted, that on, he posted that on September 24th, 2020. On September 23rd, 2020, he put this on Twitter. Police never saved me, never helped me, never protected me, never taken a bullet for me, never kept me safe in a protest, never stopped the racist from taking my Black Lives Matter flag off my house. I could do without them, hashtag Brianna Taylor, hashtag defund 12, okay? So Mark Jones, okay, didn't want a police escort anymore because he feared for his life because he'd rather not have the police officer shoot him because 
of the color of his skin. He also called Donald Trump on Twitter a white supremacist, a white supremacist terrorist. Okay, he liked tweets uh, not only about Nick Bosa tearing his ACL, but he mm -hmm. also attacked a UFC fighter, Colby Covington, after suffering a broken jaw. Jones uh, was cheering Covington's facial damage because he had he had previously expressed support for Donald Trump. I mean, we can just go on and on with Mark Jones and his irresponsibility on social media. And again, ESPN didn't do anything. Obviously, the Sacramento Kings had no problem with it. They hired Mark Jones after he'd already made these tweets. They obviously didn't have any issue at all with them. It's just a joke. It's absolutely disgraceful. It's an absolute disgrace. Can you imagine, yeah. seriously, can you imagine being uh, law enforcement, the law enforcement uh, staff that work the games in Sacramento at the Golden One Center when you had Vivek Ranadive go out in the center court and condemn them, all right, after the Stephon Clark shooting goes out onto center court, condemns the police without having any facts of what actually happened, okay? And now you have an announcer for the Sacramento Kings who has come out and made those comments about law enforcement. Can you imagine being a law enforcement uh, officer at the Golden One Center and you're on staff, you're getting paid to protect Vivek Ranadive and Mark Jones and everyone else is in the building when you know how they feel about you as law enforcement? I mean, it's just, it's a travesty. It really is. And no, no one wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to bring it up. I happen to have many friends in law enforcement in Sacramento. I have many friends on the Sacramento Police Department. I have many friends that are deputies in the Sacramento Sheriff's Department. And I will tell you, okay, these are conversations that I have had. I will tell you that they don't want to be at the Golden One Center. Okay, I've talked to them about that. They are they are livid at Vivek Ranadive still to this day for the comments that he made at center court condemning the police that day. They're livid about these things, all right? But they're doing it because it's their duty. That is their job. But are they happy? Trust me, they're not happy. There are many, many, many people in law enforcement in Sacramento that are fed up with what's going on as it pertains to the Sacramento Kings. So I, I completely agree with you. We were actually, we had a loft at the game that night after it was Stefan Clark, right? I believe. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So we, we had a loft at that night and the streets were filled. There were protests going on everywhere. And the police, we saw numerous police officers that were pushed, that were punched. We saw other fans that were trying to get into the arena because, as you know, they shut the arena down for the most part, um, except for anybody that was in there before. And what ticked me off, because these police, they were literally trying to keep it as calm as possible because that could have exploded in two seconds. And it was pretty close to exploding. And to see the police yes, get punched, be cursed at, um, everything across the board, and then to hear the media come out and say it was a peaceful protest. And I'm not talking oh, just about anybody of color or white, green, black, blue, yellow. It was everybody. And it was terrible. I mean, we were actually scared. We're like, what's going to happen here? And it wasn't about the basketball game anymore. And um, 
that was, I, I can't imagine if I was an officer and I dealt with that. And that happened numerous nights. And then there was other nights where there was rumors that they were going to do it again. Um, there were two games that were affected uh, by the protest. And it was a very nerve-wracking fan for fans outside of the building that were trying to get in, as you pointed out. And there were a lot of very nervous fans that were in, and there were only about 2,000 in the arena that were extremely nervous about leaving the arena and walking to their cars or mass transit to go back home. So it was a very nerve-wracking time in terms of what was going on with the protest around the arena. You were absolutely correct. Yeah, we were, excuse me, Grant, um, we were a little upset because the updates we were getting when we were in that situation or part of that group was through the radio. There were no announcements from the Kings. There was nothing. We had to get it from Twitter. We had to get it from, you know, 1140. And it's like, come on, are you kidding me? You have all these people outside the arena and it's a very volatile situation and you're not going to let us know what the hell's going on. If you told me you're going to not let anybody in the building, I'm leaving. I'm not going to stay in that situation. It, it was just a really interesting and kind of scary situation, to be honest with you. I want to ask you, though, really quick, and I won't take up too much more time. When you found out from the Kings, how did that, and I know you resigned, what was that like for you, and how did that play out? Uh, I can't talk about that. Fair enough. I get that. I'm in the legal field. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 there's nothing I can talk about. I can't, I can't speak on that. Fair enough. All right. I'm going to let everybody else get on. Thank you so much, Grant. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Hey, thank you, Ryan. Have a great day. Appreciate it. You too, bro. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, again, uh, thank you. I, I, you know, again, we, li- we, live, we live in a society of ridiculous double standards. And there are very few in the media that are willing to call it the way it is when it goes against today's mob. You know, Mark Jones is a perfect example of what I'm talking about, okay? And there were very few that will write about this, but there are those that will, but they're few and far between. And it's not an attack on Mark Jones. I mean, he shared a tweet rotten in hell when Rush Limbaugh died. 
okay? Celebrated Nick Bosa's ACL tear, lied about police on TV, and yet he signs a new contract with ESPN and adds the Kings onto his list of accomplishments on his resume, right? It's unbelievable. You know, and uh, the one person that does write about it, Bobby Burak of OutKick, said this, quote, I never call for companies to fire individuals unless that individual is simply too dumb to have a job on television. And Mark Jones is certainly too dumb to have any job, let alone one on television. But ESPN is also dumb and weak to employ him. Jones has embarrassed the network for the better part of two years. Let's recap. And again, this is a dated article, so understand. A year ago, Jones cheered when 49ers linebacker Nick Bosa suffered a torn ACL. Jones thought Bosa deserved the injury because he supports Trump. He then mocked UFC fighter Colby Covington, a known conservative, after he broke his jaw. Jones even once notoriously asserted that police are more likely to shoot black people dead than escort them safely, and that he would therefore refuse the standard police escort to a college football game afforded to some members of the media. Last spring, he falsely claimed during an NBA game that Jacob Blake was unarmed when police shot him in 2020. Jones must have missed Blake saying, quote, yeah, I had my knife when asked about the shooting. However, Jones' most shameful moment came after legendary conservative radio talk show host Rush Limbaugh died. When Limbaugh's wife made the tearful announcement that her husband had died of lung cancer, Jones celebrated his death and promoted tweets telling Limbaugh to rot in hell. ESPN has declined to comment on each of these examples of bigotry and cruelty. Why is that? The same reason ESPN re-signed him. ESPN's bosses are so afraid that someone might call them racist that they choose to keep a notorious racist on staff to hopefully prove they are not racist themselves. The network feared that if it didn't re-sign Jones, that he would leak to the media that Disney is silencing a black man for speaking out against police and Trump. The network knows there are still useful idiots at the New York Times who will assist these race baiters. They did as much for Maria Taylor last summer, and ESPN hopes to avoid another such incident. Good luck to them. So Jones can compare Aaron Rodgers to members of uh, QAnon and management won't say a word. On talent alone, Jones would be calling college basketball games for the Mid-American Conference and Sunbelt Conferences. Instead, he's taken advantage of ESPN's cowardice so that he can continue to call major NBA and college football games. Mark Jones is a bigoted dirtbag who lies about law enforcement officers and celebrates the physical and mental suffering of fellow Americans who have a different political opinion than he does. And ESPN just rewarded him for it. Pathetic. That's a story written by Bobby Burak four months ago. I guess I don't really need to add anything to that story, do I? All right? It's a story that is based on facts. Okay? 
that's what that story is based on. It's not Bobby Burak's opinion, although he did put his opinion at the end, but it's based on factual tweets by Mark Jones. Again, one announcer leaves the organization for saying all lives matter, every single one, and another announcer is brought in who has an egregious, just, I mean, I'm laughing because I don't know what adjective to use, okay? I mean, a Twitter account that is filled with disgusting tweets. Oh, go ahead. You can be the, you can be our announcer. It is absolutely, it's unbelievable. And by the way, I'm not, this is not sour grapes for me. It's not that I'm like, it's just, I'm just painting a picture of hypocrisy in this country. And I can only laugh about it, right? I can only laugh about it. What else could I do other than laugh about it? It's just, you, you know, you can't make it up. So I'm sitting here laughing about it because when I read stories like that, and I'm thinking about, gee, one person left the organization after 32 years for saying all lives matter, every single one, which by the way, okay, which by the way, George Floyd's brother said upon the conviction of Derek Chauvin came out in front of the courthouse and said all lives matter, right? Right? I mean, you know, but, but oh no, but Grant Napier can't say that. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, w what else am I going to do other than laugh about that, right? What else am I going to do other than laugh about that? Can't do it. Oh my gosh. All right. I think maybe on that note, I should say uh, so long for the day. Uh, open forum Wednesdays are always interesting. We go in a lot of different directions. So I appreciate it. Hope you all are well. And we look forward to being back with you tomorrow. Until then, so long, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.